Welcome, everybody. It is episode 33 of Hot Take from the Kitchen, and we are on the road again, second week in a row. We are in Harborside Cycle and Sport today, and our guest is Tommy Dowd, the owner. So this is pretty exciting. Very relaxed atmosphere right now. Well, I mean, you guys, I guess if you've been into the shop, you know where we're at, but um, Brad and I are on a really comfy couch. This is by far the most comfortable we've ever been. Um, and... What we a, want you to be comfortable and hang out. Yeah, and what a difference from last week. We were um, aboard a Creaky ship yes. wreck last week at the Thunder Bay Marine Sanctuary. Oh, we fun, yeah. yeah. Right the whole time it was going on. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of nuts. It is. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And no emails this week, or my email isn't working. Either I don't way. see any. All right. So, all right, I guess we'll move on to the hot takes now. And hot take number one is tomorrow's election day. So today is Monday. I don't know when this will get out. but I'm really excited for election day. The main reason is all the advertising will stop. Yes. <laughs> you know, as my wife does a lot of advertising to do her job, and she has been amazed at the amount of mailers that are in the mailboxes. She goes, that's a lot of money. She goes, you could really change the world with the amount of money that's... Well, not only the mailers, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos throughout the day, and I have it playing on my screen here at the store, and every two, three minutes, political advertising. Text messages now. I got like four or five today already. Wow. Get out the vote. I don't know. For some reason, I haven't. I haven't got a single text. Text. And I, but I had no people. Allison, my wife, has gotten one. And I don't know if it's. You're just not lucky. You didn't get on a list. Well, my wife is. Well, she would be classified as an undecided voter. Mm. My allegiances are pretty well made up. So I don't think they bother even like. He's gonna vote the way he's been voting. For yeah, them. but I yeah I don't fall in the undecided category. I don't think maybe huh. I'm not in the typical left or right paradigm, but I'm. Yeah, you, know, you and yeah. I have similar viewpoints. I've figured it out. Which yeah. Is, um, we don't talk politics on the pod, but yeah. I mean, from what I can tell, you know, I tend to have a lot of common views. So. Yeah. Anyways, the whole point of that was is people should vote. And yes. I'm going to try everything I can to get this out tomorrow. So do what you got to do. And the best thing about voting is then you can complain all you want. That's right. I mean, you can whine all you want. But it, I honestly feel like, you know, if you don't vote, then. Well, you know, not just vote, but inform yourselves. Educate yourselves on the issues, on the people, who they are, and then make a, a conscious decision. I think the whole get out the vote thing is a little, um, it sounds great, but if you don't know what you're voting for or who you're voting for, then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's, sometimes it's the why behind it too, which we've seen. And yeah. I think I, I've heard all indications it's supposed to be a record breaking midterm election. Well, yeah, I believe it. Which, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just going to do it there. Yeah. Crazy time to be alive. All right. Topic number two is Michigan continues to climb the ladder in the rankings, I guess. I didn't, haven't seen the new ones. Up to four. 
tomorrow will officially be into the college playoff. I'm hoping. I'm a little worried because I'm thinking that Georgia went over Kentucky. Wait, is the problem? I can understand that, but I think that. Uh, Are we talking Michigan Wolverines? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, slapping Penn State in the face helped us too. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised with either scenario happening. So. I mean, they can sleep on us. That's fine. Yeah. I'm all right with that. That's fine. Yeah. Either way, I'm happy. I saw now Michigan's odds favorite to beat Ohio State. I didn't like that. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Topic number three was there was a win for net neutrality. I saw that the Supreme Court denied hearing the lower court's appeal. On, I'm guessing it was the Trump right. administration wanted to appeal the decision from the lower court. So as of right now, we're all done. really doesn't mean anything because essentially somebody would have to do something now and nothing has been filed, but <clears throat> we've talked about net neutrality a lot on the pod, surprisingly. So I just said a, a lot more than we should have, but you know, part of our listeners are on, you know, we need to that. Yeah. So yes, maybe it's good that we do keep in line with it. Yeah, probably. All right, topic number four is Rick Grimes or Andrew Lincoln is done with The Walking Dead for now. It's the way they have it, it's opened up for him to come back. Oh, 100%. And I think they're lying. They say that he won't be back from The Walking Dead, and I think that's a bold-faced lie. So. It probably is. <clears throat> I say just kill him and get it over with. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, so... And our last topic is quite an interesting one, but 14 years ago today, 14-year-old Taylor Swift was discovered. Good for her. Um, the evolution of Taylor Swift is kind of crazy. Started out as a, like a country girl, right? And now you could argue if she's the biggest pop star in America. You could make that argument. I'm not saying she is, but you could make the argument. Yeah. I'm still a Metallica guy, so. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just, you know. Um, I couldn't name a single Taylor Swift song. Ooh, I bet you could. <clears throat> I think you, well, you know what's weird is those are the type of songs where you hear them and you don't really you realize you're humming them because you get, <laughs> they get in your head and then they bounce around and you're like, why is this song in my head? And, yeah. yeah. There are some catchy tunes there. I mean. And I mean, shake it off. Or, yeah. So. Yeah. So. All right. Anything you want to touch on? Any hot takes? You know, it was, it was a yeah. weird day on the internet. Everything was election based. Everything. So, so it was really hard to kind of pull something out. It was like pulling teeth trying to find something. Although I did put a fat bike post up because oh. it's all about the fat biking now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can choose to be. Uh, it, I forget what it said now, but it was something along the lines of. Um, you could choose to be unhappy in the snow, but guess what? It's still going to snow, so you might as well be happy by a fat bike. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Didn't know if you wanted to do the question. Or... Do we have one? Well, no. Oh, but we, we should follow up. Yeah, we have an answer. We, don't, we can't do the drawing, but we can at least give the answer. We had to, It worked. We can do a drawing. There was a couple people answered. No, I meant we just don't have the tabs yeah. and everything ready. But, yeah, I, I, that definitely worked. We can do it later. Yeah, we can do that. That'll work. 
So go ahead. All right. And the question was, what was the name of the Alpina native who led the way in ending prohibition in the United States? Do you happen to know, Tommy? There was an Alpina native that led the... I didn't know that. I know there was a Posen native that attempted to assassinate or assassinated McKinley. Yeah. The answer was Governor William Comstock. Comstock. Comstock? Comstock. And he was an Alpena native? Yes. Is it the same Comstock of Comstock Park in Grand Rapids? And I believe or, so. Yeah, because huh? yeah, he has a burial site in Evergreen Cemetery here. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I think if we do trivia, and we had to reach out to the CBB to get more questions, but... Um, we will this week, <clears throat> and I will post them because that got more attention than ever getting <laughs> this. So, um, but it's another way of having fun, and, and I don't mind doing the trivia. So, no, I like it. Yeah. Learn something. <clears throat> Correct. All right, that's all we have. Right. Anything now. you want to get off your chest? Other than you're gonna be happy at tomorrow's election day. No, I'm good. You want to talk about your race really quick? I guess we could do that. <laughs> so you could either do it now or you could save it for the end, but you should do it either way. Which, you did a race? Yes, I did a costume run Saturday at oh. Fairgrounds. Oh, yeah, that's there. right. Yes. You won? No, I was the race director. Oh, okay. Yeah. You put one on. You put a 5K, 10K, one mile. Proceeds go to the Boys and Girls Club. And nice. I think, um, all things considered, you had a good turnaround. Yeah, it was about well, 60 people came out and participated, about the same as last year. Mm-hmm. I was happy with it. The weather was nice, even though it did snow, rain for five minutes there. I think it's the weather was best-case scenario. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you're in in November, you just don't know. You can get anything. So, I mean, okay. we'll take it <clears throat> all day. Yeah. You could get a blizzard or you could get 70. Yeah. That's right. So, um, I was happy <clears throat> with it. <clears throat> You raise some money, yes, and we hope in like a couple of weeks we'll have a grand total. Yes, because we have a sweat for a cause coming up next Friday, which is nice from the band without a club. Yes, um, and I think this year, what I was pleasantly surprised by, it seemed like almost everybody wore a costume this year. Yes, it's what I liked the most because I was standing with Mark Jacobs talking about it. It's like, you know, it's really nice to see all these people come out in costumes. Yeah, well, I was surprised by that. Probably I mean, only one 10K runner had a costume on. But well, it, I understand that. And we've, we've talked about this, right? Yeah. R- running long distances and costumes don't necessarily go hand in hand. So, and we could talk about this on the pod as throughout the next year. And we're, yeah. we're going to maybe make some changes or whatever or, or take it in a direction. Yeah. We've had a long debate and discussion you had over the past couple of years. And, um, I think one, you've done a phenomenal job. I'm so proud of you because one, I mean, maybe people are getting to know Brad a little bit through this pod, but Brad's not exactly the type of guy that really put himself out there. So for you to, to say, hey, you know what, I want to do this and to go to these businesses and get money and to curate the sheets and to do the marketing and the whole thing. I mean, it's a lot of work. Uh, yes. And I mean, most people do these type of things. You don't really know how much work is involved. One and two. You were able to help um, last year. Feeding kids. Ministry. Feeding kids ministry. So you've made sure kids have lunches to take home. And now this year, <clears throat> it was in the girls club. 
So, and they just need money for everything. So who knows yeah. what I mean? They can go anywhere from tuition, which is membership, all the way to, I know right now, Brad said feeding kids right now, it's a lot of their problems or yeah. they're fighting against trying to get enough money to feed the kids there in the club. So, um, I mean, how awesome does that guy feel for you? The emotional part hasn't hit me yet. But well, well, I mean, once well, usually once you get the check, and I yeah, yeah, I remember. And my favorite thing that you we had Rick take pictures, and he's got some amazing pictures. I don't even know what we're going to use for promotional material next year. Well, I think we're going to use the one you sent me today. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I was like looking at him. We could use more than one, obviously, because oh, yeah. I mean, the pictures are phenomenal. We had great. I mean, the people in the in the costumes, and I can only imagine if you would have had this before Halloween. It would have just, you would have had so much. I mean, it's awesome. So, good stuff. Thanks. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without your help, too. Well, I mean, I didn't do a whole lot. I mean, I've told you I could do still a team up. Well, yeah, I could do more. And hopefully, next year I won't have as many responsibilities. I'm wrapping up a lot. So, I'll be able to do a lot more. And that'll be a lot more fun for both of us. So, we'll wrap up this segment. We'll come back and we'll talk with Tommy. Great. All right, was good. <clears throat> so, Tommy, um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, where you grew up, and how you how we got to this spot where we're sitting at right now? All right. Um, well, I grew up, born and raised Alpena. Uh, graduated in 1984. Man, it seems like a long time ago. Um, joined the army, got out of here, came back for a couple of years, went to a community college over in Kirtland and, uh, worked in aviation for about 10 years, got sick of that, went back to college in Grand Valley down at Grand Rapids and lived in Grand Rapids for about 18 years. And, uh, I bounced around a lot, did a lot of construction, did a lot of construction, then transferred over kind of merged into insurance adjusting after the the bottom fell out of the construction market in 2008 i got into insurance and um i don't know how much time you got kind of funny story how i got into that but uh well i was so after i got laid off i was in 2008 i was working in construction had this big project i was a superintendent for and the money got the, they pulled the plug on the whole project. So there I sat looking at a big pile of dirt, kind of what's going across the street from the hospital there. About that phase of the project, they not done, you know. So I sat there for a few weeks um, thinking that it was going to come back. And finally, the company went out of business and I got laid off. And that was the year I, uh, I said F it and went out west and was a ski bum for a year. And while I was out mountain biking in Moab, Utah, of all places, I met this guy who was an insurance adjuster. He said, this is a gig for you, you know. So I got uh, went through the training, got certified, became a state farm adjuster, and traveled around the country chasing hurricanes, hailstorms, and all that sort of thing. Uh, I was a road warrior, never home, uh, making great money. But uh, I was home five or six years ago now and taking a long vacation after working a hurricane. And I was out for a bike ride with uh, my buddy, Timmy Rumbles, and a couple other guys. And they were all lamenting about not having a real bike shop in Alpena. And I was looking for a reason to stay close to home and uh, 
watch my kid grow up and take care of the folks, you know, they're getting old and, and uh, being a, a road warrior wasn't life for me. So I saw an opportunity there. Not that I re- always set out to be a bike shop owner, but I was looking for a business opportunity. I love cycling. I love outdoor sports and fitness. And uh, so, uh, you know, five years later, here I am sitting in a bike shop. And it's crazy how much it's, how you've grown it throughout the process. Yeah. I, yeah, every single penny I make goes right back into the store. And, uh, it's really a, a labor of love and passion. I, I was I'm truly amazed by how the community has received it and the, you know, how, it, you know, it was, there was cyclists in Alpena, but there was no cyc- cycling community. And within just a few short weeks of opening the doors, everyone kind of gravitated here because they were looking for that, that community, you know, that you different different things like the volleyball, they have their community, uh, Bay urban, they have their community. Um, you can, you can go around the city and pick out different hobbies, interests, passions of people. And there's a community surrounding it, but there wasn't one for cycling. And, uh, whether you're a mountain biker, road bike or anything like that, um, they really gravitated here rather quickly. So that was kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I know Brad and I have talked about the running community. Well, there's the Dorf brothers, we think there's an opportunity out there for a lot of people that like to run, especially females <clears throat> that just seem to, if you could, and Brad's talked about it, and, um, kind of create that, like not necessarily yeah. create a running store, but you know, when you have the ability to kind of, if you build it, they will come. So if you were able to make something for that community, they would come. And yeah. it's, it's really amazing. I mean, every time I've come in here, I've, I've been here different times in the process of you opening yeah. and every time I'm just always like amazed by it. Yeah. Well, thanks. And, uh, and you, I, something that I know you're a bike shop, but, and you, you mentioned it, but we'd be foolish not to talk about with winter coming up. You, you don't do just bikes. Here. Well, that's the reason why I'm Harborside cycle and sport <clears throat> because I, it's, it's the quiet sports. It's all the things that I kind of grew up doing in Alpena. We used to canoe and kayak all over the place, you know, and, and BMX biking around town and skateboarding and all that. So it all kind of is those things that um, the kid at heart in us likes to do. And all the things I kind of grew up doing. So it all kind of seemed natural to me. These would be the things. And there's some other things that I would love to delve into. Um, just it, I can't do it all. You know, I'm, I'm, I got a big passion for rock climbing and ice climbing. And I would love to see, uh, you know, something like that where we lack mountains around here. It's really hard to climb rock <laughs> without a mountain. So that, that makes it a little difficult. However, though, uh, I will say that I'm on the uh, um, recreation board advisory, recreation advisory board for, I can't remember the exact title of it. Um, we meet a couple of times a year. And, and unfortunately, there's a meeting tomorrow night and I won't be there because I'm going to be down at a Michigan Mountain Bike Association event in Grand Rapids. But one of the things on the master plan for Mishikiwis, just a little kind of blurb off to the side, there's a thing, ice climbing tower. And when I read that in there, I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> ice climbing in Alpena. I, I do know, like Casey Setzman's the one. Yeah. He loves to climb. Yeah. Anytime he goes to a city and yeah. there's a climbing opportunity, he's there. Oh, he's at, yeah, I see. He's at climbing gyms all over the place. I like the climbing gyms because they serve a purpose for helping me get in shape to climb, but 
as it ends all day, I get bored with them really quickly. I like being outside. Right. I love being outside. Um, there is, you know, I, I will, oh, I don't know who's going to hear this, but I did actually climb the ice tree in Alpino once a couple of years ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I kind of bandit climbed it at night behind the lights so no yeah. one can see me. Uh, just to say I did. I like Probably that. the scariest thing I ever did because there was no way to um, hang protection. Yeah. So I free climbed it, which I'd never done before. And probably never will again. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. And it's not like the ice tree is low. It's No, no. And, you know, the first rule in ice climbing uh, is don't fall. (laughs) I'm thinking that's the (laughs) rule in a lot of climbing sports. The second rule in ice climbing is don't fall. (laughs) (laughs) We're on our way. We didn't know the first two rules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something I thought I saw you posted on your uh, Facebook feed the other day was – you got some kayaks. And yeah, you just got a big shipment of kayaks in there. And it wasn't so much the kayaks and canoes because I'm. If people didn't know that you sell them, they do now that are listening. Yeah. But what I thought you made up a great point in is whether it's a a Schwinn from Meyer or a Sun Dolphin from Meyer. Yeah. I know the stuff you have here is a little bit better quality. Oh, yeah. So I thought maybe yeah. we could talk a little bit about the quality because I think you know. Even me as a basic shopper, you know, it's easy for me to go look at a bike and say, this bike's 100 bucks. Yeah. And it gets me from point A to B. This bike's 700 bucks here. And oh, yeah, definitely. And, and right from the get-go, I knew that it would be a tough challenge to compete against the big box stores. I mean, the, the year I opened, MC Sports came to town that same month. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I didn't see that coming. And so I had to differentiate myself on quality and service and, you know, being a, a superior knowledge know the product, have a good quality product and uh, be able to help people. You know, what are you going to do with that product once you buy it? You know, I, I don't sell a kayak to someone and say, Oh, have a good time. You know, I'm like, Hey, this is a cool place to check out. Go paddle here. You know, North point, I got some secret spots that I kayaked 30 years ago. They're amazing. And hardly anyone knows about them. So I, I keep kidding. Uh, Jackie and Mary Beth is it, you know, the, the chamber and the CVB needs to put me on the payroll because I got more people coming in here asking me, where do I go? You know, what, where are the cool places to bike and kayak and hike in, in Alpena County? Well, I grew up here. I know every nook and I spent all my time outside. So I, I know every nook and cranny of the county and where to go. So um, that's how I try to differentiate. And yeah, I got, you know, the, the box story for 150 bucks, 200 bucks, you can get a kayak. It floats. It's made of plastic. It's not real comfortable. It's not real efficient. You know, the stuff I have here, yes, you're going to pay a premium dollar, but you get a lifetime warranty. You get a really well-built, very comfortable product, whether it's a bicycle, whether it's a kayak, doesn't matter. Um, And then you get, you know, knowledgeable staff and and service after the sale, you know, for the bicycles. Um, I tell people, you know, every issue with the bike, bring it in, we'll fix it. So, it's really it's how I have to market myself. Otherwise, I won't survive. Oh, and I thought that's it was, you took it where I was hoping we could go. Yeah. So I, I thought we talked a little bit about the service. Yeah. I know that is really true. In the end of the day, differentiates you from yeah. anybody else in town. Because I'm not trying to throw shade, but I know there's another bike shop in town. And um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that was. The guys kind of urged me. I went in there. I shopped there, you know, when I, when I, and uh, they, they were fine. But, um, you know, the guys that I, the, the cyclists that were prompting me to, you know, take a look at opening a store um, did so because I had a passion for it. You know, it wasn't just a job for me. 
I had a passion for it. And I, I really love teaching people and bringing new people into the sport. I love introducing cycling to people. I'm always taking, um, you know, here, borrow one of my bikes. Let's go out to Norway and do a lap. You know, no one's never done a mountain bike um, single track before in their life. Hey, let's go. Let's, I'll show you what, what it's all about and make it fun. Um, there wasn't that wasn't going on. You know, they, their door was open. And, yeah, you could go in there and buy a nice product. But that was about it. Yeah. So and I, I've come here numerous times and I've seen Sue and Thane hanging out. And I've seen other people hanging out and um, just talking, you know, whatever. I, I remember I was here one time, we were buying something, and somebody just came in and they had a problem and you popped out, you fixed it really quick, and they were back on their way. And yeah. um, I just think that speaks volumes to probably what you're, what you're about right there. Yeah. there so. yeah. yeah, I just, I love it when people come in the door and just want to talk bikes. And maybe they can't afford to buy a bike from me. Uh, that's okay. You know, I, I get it. I was there too once upon a time. If I didn't own a bike shop, I wouldn't have the nice bikes that I have. But um, it's all about the love of, you know, it's a love of cycling, but just a love of being outside and doing something active outside. That's that's kind of where it all stems from. So I don't I don't really worry about them, you know, the competition too much. I, I do my own thing. And, uh, you know, they're going to do what they do. I'm sure they have their loyal customers and Oh yeah, and, and, and so, yeah. I just I just know that you've done a you've done some service work for me. I was really happy with it. And how you just think it's I, I've heard it from a lot of other people. So yeah, I just think it's worth bringing up because I know it's really one of the things that um, you do well here. So. Yeah, and I, I think that it's kind of reason why I got involved with Thunder Bay Trails Association. Um, as soon as I moved back to town. I tried to find a, a group of cyclists and mountain bikers and, and I gravitated towards Thunder Bay trails and immediately found myself on the board. And then a few years later, you know, the guys had been doing that for many, many years and they were getting tired and they was hoping that someone new and fresh would, would come in and take over. So it's kind of a natural transition for me. And as much as I like riding my mountain bike, I, I almost as much like building mountain bike trail. I like getting out there and get my hands dirty and grubbing around the dirt. So um, I'll give up a good riding day if it means I can get out there and do some trail work so that more people can have fun. You're the only friend of mine that I've seen that rides their bike with a chainsaw on their back. Uh, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> rare. <laughs> so I know there's this tree out of Norway I keep forgetting about. It. I got to go get it too. <laughs> so yeah. no, but I'm. Um, I think we'll take a break, and I think it's a great pivot point because I know we want to talk about the trails and a couple other things you have coming on. So yeah. we'll take a break, come back, and we'll do that. So I've gone into the Black Sheep a couple different times, and I think I've probably maybe even joined the Thunder Bay Trails Association one in a year. You know, they'll have like a membership drive and I'll just donate to 20 bucks. Oh, you're not, you're not a member right now? <laughs> we we got to fix that. Yeah, Whip so. your phone out and, and you get on thunderbaytrails.org right now. And you go to become a member and you hit the donate button and you fill out the form, PayPal, boom, you're, you're good again for another year. I like it. 20 bucks. 20, I, I know it's, I think that's what it was the last time. I think yeah, I might still cheap. be. I don't know, but I know there was a. Every time you guys do something, the black sheep, I go in there. I pay the twenty. Well, we need to call Scott Bays because he's usually one that heads that yep, up. So he's that's been slacking. Usually, why I yeah. go there, Scott's done a lot of things for me, and 
Yeah. Um, I truly appreciate him. <clears throat> so yeah, he's, he's been a, a real asset to Thunder Bay trails for a long, long time. And whenever we need an, an event that's beer related, we call Scott. He's Johnny on the spot with the beer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, we have our annual meeting coming up next month. First Thursday of the month, which I believe is December 6th. And the venue is still quite up in the air. We're thinking either it's going to be the Aplex is where we usually have it. But I thought we'd switch things up a little bit here. So we're talking to Joanna about doing the the old brewery there. Mm -hmm. What's it called now? The Depot? Is that what it's called? So don't have a confirmation on that. I should know tomorrow. And and I'll put it all out there over social media where it's going to be. And uh, it's free to attend. Uh, we're going to do a potluck style, and we're going to talk to Scott, make sure he brings some uh, beverages, and uh, we'll do it there. But, uh, you know, a lot of the years that I've been going, it's been the same 40, 50 people year in, year out. And uh, I want to I grow that. I want to have a fun event with 100 or so people. Um, we've got a lot of different things going on, too. We're, we're now a, a chapter member of the Michigan Mountain Bike Association. Um, Thunder Bay Trails is all user, you know, I'm no, no, non-motorized, I can say that spit that out non-motorized user group so we're encompassed the cross-country skiers the equestrians the hikers the bikers um but a lot but a lot of people are mountain bikers a lot of board members are mountain bikers and michigan mountain bike association does a lot of great things for advocacy around the state um bring in you know dollars to communities helping them understand the economics of what trails mean to an to a local economy. If you look at um, Copper Harbor, Michigan, for example, I mean, that was just a tiny little tourist town that no, it was a beautiful place. Um, and then they start building these epic mountain bike trails. And it is uh, now a first class mountain bike ride center. And the tourism dollars that is bringing to that place is just unfathomable. You drive into town and there are cars with mountain bikes on all over the place. Some great riding Marquette, Michigan, um, they've done the NTN up there has done some great things to really boost the tourism, um, mountain biking. It brings thousands of people to town every year, um, just for the sole purpose of riding those trails. And they come from all over the Midwest. Yeah. I know when we had Mary Beth back on 12, we'll guess, we'll see how close that was when we'll check it out. Um, back in the, like episode 12, she talked about one of the things that are really important to people is, is access to trails, yeah. whether that be biking, hiking, yeah. um, and it just, that is something that just drives people yeah. right now when they're yeah. looking to settle and pick a community. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I'm striving for uh, with Thunder Bay Trails is helping to create um, an atmosphere in Alpena. Uh, people are moving for quality of life nowadays. It's not so much jobs that draw people to a community. It's quality of life. Jobs are second. Uh, and I see it all the time in the summertime. People come up here and they're like, we're moving to this town because of the quality of life. And, and trails and mountain biking and um, are one of those things. And the equestrian trails and the cross-country skiing, without a doubt, all those things um, lend to a better quality of life. And with that, the jobs will come. I mean, you're drawing those kind of people that are looking for that are educated. Uh, they're younger. They want to raise families in a, in a nice, quiet town, but that has that, that certain something that, that makes living here a lot of fun. Well, I mean, let's be honest. This, this stuff isn't cheap. No. So the people that do it tend to yeah are able to afford doing it. 
Yeah, but you will see a lot of bikes on top of cars where the bike is worth more than the car. <laughs> Case in point right here. You know, for years, I always had a nicer mountain bike than I was driving um, in, in a car. So, yeah, but it, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is is um, grow the sport, grow the quality of the trails here. We've got some great vision for uh, for Norway and Chippewa, and that's our two primary trails of our charter. Uh, to make that a more enjoyable experience for everybody. So we got some really great long-range plans. That's really Norway. I just walked um, with the DNR. We walked and surveyed all of Norway uh, two weeks ago. And uh, there's culverts, there's boardwalks and decks, and they're, they're kind of dilapidating now. And we've there's grant money out there. They tell us that it's coming. Um, but getting money out of the DNR is like trying to turn the Titanic. It'll happen eventually. But So we surveyed, and, and we've got some – we, we kicked around a lot of great ideas for how to spend that money out there. So new boardwalks, some observation decks, revitalizing the, the culverts and keeping it dry in the spring so we can get out there sooner when the snow melts. Yeah. Um, I think Norway is one of my favorite places to go primarily because it's so close to town. It's, yeah, it's so close and convenient. Yeah, I mean, literally five minutes you could be yeah. right there and you're in the middle of, yeah. you know, just nature. And it's a, it's a beautiful – the pines out there are just so amazing. You know, you don't see a stand of pines like that uh, too often. No, I've taken some of my some of my most liked pictures are of that area yeah. with the trees. And and my favorite place is way in the back. Uh, it's easier to get through off of uh, the end of uh, um, Tamarack Road than it is, you know, starting from the parking lot because it's all the way in the back. But it was lumbered off many, many years ago, and the pines that they left are now fully grown, and so they're – you can see through the pines. There's not a lot of undergrowth, and that's what I like about it. You can really, you can kind of see a long ways, but yet you got this wonderful canopy. That's cool. It's pretty cool back there. It's awesome. Yeah, a lot of wildlife too. Um, so we talked a little bit on Norway. What about Chippewa? So Chippewa, um, you know, they have they're lumbering out there right now. Um, when that first came, a light, everyone flipped out because it was just one day. There's orange all over the, all the trees, mm -hmm. and um, Thank God for Mary Beth and a few other concerned citizens that we really beat down the DNR and got them to redo their cut plan and they scaled it way, way back. So they're only going to cut about 50% of what they originally planned to cut. They were going to clear cut the whole thing. They call it selective cut, but it really, it was, if you looked at the plan, you know, they leave like one tree out of a hundred, you know, that that's pretty clear cut to me. Yeah. So we, they scaled it way, way back. So they're still going to lumber out there, which is, you know, I'm all for forestry management. It is needed. And um, but and they're going to leave us a buffer on our trail. In the midst of all that, though, we do have a submitted and approved trails plan for another 10 miles of trail out there. Um, so as soon as they're done cutting, we're going to we're going to put in another 10 mile section of, of mountain bike trail. And one of the big pushes I want to do is raising money and hire a professional trail builder with a machine and come in and make one of these flow trails like are becoming immensely popular around the state. The DTE Energy Trail, they just put $250,000 into that trail. And as I wrote it uh, last month, it is amazing. So, pause. What's a flow trail? Because I'm blissfully ignorant. All right. so. Oh, yeah, so um, uh, the flow trail is kind of the new standard for mountain bike trails. And the best way I've heard it described is that it is a human-powered roller coaster on dirt. <laughs> so it, it's it's rel relatively smooth um, with maybe some built-in features, but 
you're never hardly going straight. You're always turning. You're always going up. You're always going down. So if you picture yourself on a roller coaster, uh, some of these trails, you do very little pedaling. Or if there is a pedal, you're going up a hill, then you're quickly going down. So there's a lot of rolling, uh, high bank corners. And uh, sometimes there's features that like a little whoopie-doo or a tabletop that you could go slow and just roll over it. Or if you're a more advanced rider, you hit it with some speed and you send it. And uh, they're quickly become the, the standard for quality trails. Um, some people like, you know, Chippewa, a lot of the trail there is somewhat technical. We call it old school hand cut. So a gun bunch of guys with rakes went out there and raked in a trail one day. It's a lot of backbreaking work. Um, a lot of us old schoolers really appreciate that kind of trail, but we like it all. You know, it's fun to bring out. If you got a novice biker and, and an expert, right, they can ride the same trail and have just as much fun. They approach it a little differently. I long time ago, I rode out in Chippewa when it just seemed like I had the time to do that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, for now, it just seems like I like to walk around Norway when I think of the opportunities. So. Yeah. Um, what else do you got planned uh, anywhere else around? Or um, I know, I think Northern Lights Arena, right? You guys are. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, you know, with fat biking, I opened the store and I wanted to promote fat biking uh, because it is a lot of fun. And it's just another thing to do in the wintertime. Uh, some people just complain about, you know, nothing to do in the winter. I don't really want to ski or I can only ski so much. Conditions aren't favorable to skiing. Well, fat biking kind of solves all those problems. Get you outside. You don't need perfect conditions for it. Uh, when the conditions are perfect, though, it's really fun. But uh, I noticed the Joe Gentry running trail that they had behind Northern Lights Arena. And it's this nice little short course that they run on. And uh, I approached Besser and I said, hey, we'd like to groom it for fat biking in the winter. And they said, sure, go ahead. Uh, as long as it's something that benefits the community, we're all behind it. So we, we kind of took some cross-country ski groomers and took the track setter off and drug it around behind there and made a little course. And now like, this is the fourth year we're going to be grooming that. And we've expanded it. I went and, and, and made a little more trail and linked a couple of little things together. So we got like a two mile lap now behind Northern lights. It's that's great because it's real close to town. Uh, if you get cold, you're only, you're never more than a quarter mile away from the car or, or the hockey rink. You go inside and warm up. And the brewery's right there too. So <laughs> we, we've been doing Friday night uh, fat bike rides for a couple of years now. And we start at the brewery and we, we, we roll over to the, and do a bunch of laps till we get uh, tired or too cold or thirsty and then go back to Austin brothers and have a beer and brag about how cool we are. <laughs> Literally sometimes. Yeah. And now, and we're going to have our third annual fat bike race there. We did a, a fun race the first year and we actually promoted it a little bit and got a, a fair number of races. And we started at the brewery called the city police and they did a police escort rollout down uh, Johnson street into behind the, and then we do laps for an hour. It's kind of uh, set up um, kind of like a downtown crit. If you're, you know, if you're familiar with road cycling, you do these things called criteriums and a criterium is a set time where you do laps, you do hot laps. And the idea is you stay with the pack. And then when they ring the bell, you might have one to three laps, and it's all out sprint at that point. So we're kind of, that's what we're doing with the fat bike race. Um, but we're, one thing we're doing that no one else in the state does is we do it at night with the lights. So we start at 530 with the, when the sun's setting and we start the brewery, we get a police, uh, police, police roll out. And this year we're going to do 90 minutes of laps. And cause the guys last year were complaining it was too short, you know, an hour <laughs> sprinting on your fat bike through the snow wasn't enough. They wanted to do more. 
So we're going to do 90 minutes and it'll just be as many laps as you can do in, the, in 90 minutes. And then when the, when the bell goes off at the end of 90 minutes, who's ever on that last lap sprints for the finish and the winner of that last lap wins the race. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Um, I know that this isn't the only festival that you have been talking about or working on. I think yeah. you have a summer mountain biking. Oh gosh. Yeah. So we have this year, it's going to be on groundhog's day. So I'm, I'm pitching the guys to call it the groundhog classic. Um, that'll be the fat bike race. And then we did our first annual mountain bike festival in July last year. And, uh, that was actually way more successful than I ever expected it to. Um, we had uh, about a hundred riders show up and we did fun rides all day long. There's supposed to be music there, but, uh, you know, musicians, you know, <laughs> you can't rely on them all the time. So anyway, Especially if it's early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, we're running noon till whenever, but, um, so the idea was, we're, and we're going to do it again. We, we all decided it was worth having. So, uh, we're going to expand upon it and we're always looking for sponsors for that event. And, uh, so we're, we're going to do the, the, in mid July sometime, there's a race, um, in mid July that I want to go to, it's called the, um, miners revenge up in Ishpeming. Uh, it's kind of a, you go through a actual mine in this bike race. So I make sure it's not conflicting with that. But other than that, I want to have that, um, and we have bike clinics. So if you're a novice rider or intermediate rider, or you're just someone that wants a few more skills. We had professional mountain bike coaches come up and give clinics all day. Then we had guided. If you've never been to Chippewa before, we took you around, showed you where all the, where all the fun stuff is. And the idea was that to get people over the intimidation factor so that they come back in the fall to the Chippewa mountain bike race and enter the race. And that was uh, it's usually the first Saturday after Labor Day in September and we have a beginner lap, which you pretty much just stay on the ski trail, the in intermediates or the sport lap. Uh, you do two laps of all the single track and then the elite racers do three laps, all the single track. It's a butt kicker. Um, but that's been going on for 20 years now. Yeah. Think we'll ever get a quarry ride. You know, I've, people have approached me about that and you know, that'd be cool. I, I'd be glad to entertain the idea. It's a lot of work putting those together, but oh, yeah. um, I mean, I don't doubt it, it would that, be yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. It'd definitely be fun. Just thinking of things that are unique to our area. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, the, I forget which quarry it was. It was the one North of town that they approached me. Lafarge, I think is the one that owns that one uh, or runs it. And they, they do a run out there, yeah. I guess. And they wanted to do a, um, a mountain bike race out there, which I think would be phenomenally fun because you have all that aggregate lying around. You could push it around, move it around, make jumps, make berms, all that stuff in relatively short order with some equipment. So that would be really cool. Man, there's plans for mountain bike single track out at Rockport, but the DNR has got sole jurisdiction on that. And they told me with you no know, uncertain terms that I am not allowed to make any trail out there. So <laughs> I got to wait for them. Um, let's uh, come full circle. And so how do people find the Thunder Bay trails if they want to get involved? Yeah. Uh, Thunderbaytrails.org is a website. Facebook presence, Thunder Bay Trails. Oh, and um, I wanted to talk about we're going to do a magazine this year. Um, we're going to do a trails magazine that's going to highlight all the non-motorized trail and all of the different quiet sports in the Alpena, greater Alpena area. So I'm thinking we'll go probably as far north as uh, Black Mountain up near uh, Sheboygan Roger City area mm -hmm. and maybe as far south as Negwagon. I knew they and they have a gravel race out at Lost Lake Woods Club. We might want to promote that. So all the races 
um, inviting the Dork Brothers to be participate, invite the equestrians to participate. So we'll have all the running events, all the cycling events, all the equestrian ski events in Northeast Michigan in one year, all packaged up in one really cool magazine. That's awesome. My buddy Paul Kramer is involved in that. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Paul's a good guy. And um, so yeah, we, want, we want to get him involved in that as well. So we're, def- we're definitely going to start shopping for sponsors for that magazine. I uh, just put together the committee today, as a matter of fact. So we've got a, an actual magazine uh, editor um, and a couple other people. Derek from uh, Inspirations Brewery uh, has volunteered to uh, help with that in exchange for advertising in the magazine. So can't wait for Inspirations Brewery. Austin Brothers are on board. Mary Best with the CVBs on board already. The winery. You know, we do a, a really fun ride called Tour de Vine in June. Uh, we go out to the and and then the chef Kevin um, Kevin Peterson from As You Wish makes us a nice meal. We go out to the vineyards on a Nicholson Hill Road. It's about a fifteen mile ride. We drink a bunch of wine. We eat a bunch of really good food, and then we ride our bikes back, <laughs> <laughs> which is really entertaining. Yeah, right. I've seen that one well advertised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all the ones, that one sounds probably the most fun to me. It is fun. Yeah. yeah. So. And there's a sag wagon if you drink too much wine. Well, so that now and now we're definitely in now. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, here, let's take a break and then we'll come back and then I want to touch on a couple more things and then we'll get to our top five. Cool. All right. So do you have any long-term goals for the bike shop? Uh, you know, I would just like to keep packing more sports in here and, you know, it would be cool to, uh, add a running store. Um, I, at a period of my life, I did a lot of triathlons and, um, I don't enjoy running as much as I do biking. If I have a choice, I get on my bike, but, um, I spent a lot of time as a personal trainer studying running technique and stride and all that. And I'd love, love to add it. It's a lot of inventory. So yeah, yeah I, a lot of shoes. And, as a former shoe store manager, I'm well yeah, aware of what you're talking yeah. about. Um, but I, wearing overhead. I totally geeked out once upon a time. I geeked out on runner stride and putting people on a treadmill and watching the foot plant and whether you're separated, pronated and giving them the right <clears> shoe and all that sort of thing. So that, that would be really cool to get into that. Um, it'd be cool to do some kind of climbing thing here, but and backpacking. You know, I love backpacking. So there's always more opportunities for more sporting goods. That is the goal of me and my brother is to, we want to hike Pitcher Rocks this summer. Yeah. So. Very cool. I've hiked it a lot of times in the winter. Oh, really? Once in the summer. I took my son up there and he loved it. But there's, you know, all those waterfalls freeze. So we go up to the Munising Ice Fest and, and hike up and down Pitcher Rocks and climb the frozen waterfalls. That's a fun event, too. Yeah. They love really cool to have, and they draw you know hundreds of people from all over the world right. to that. So world-renowned climbers are discovering how cool that is up there. It's just not that far away. Yeah, we're gonna try to go early this summer, so it's not too hot. <clears throat> yeah, well, early in the summer is a lot of bugs. Yeah, which that yeah. was the downside of that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. He goes. To, he always leaves for school in August. Yeah. So he gets home, you know, mid-May. So yeah. we have mid-May to August. So yeah. we're just gonna have to pick something. To yeah. With Bring it. some D. Yeah, a lot of D. Yeah. So, um, and then also, did you guys have any plans? For, I mean, I, obviously, we've heard some of the goals for the Trails Association, but um, do you guys have any, you know, 
other goals you wanted you know attack I, or I would just love to see Chippewa turn into a right center on par with anything you find anywhere in the state. The potential is there. Um, the topography is awesome mm-hmm. for great, you know, you get lots of hills and, it, you know, climbing is, isn't easy, but the reward is you get to go down. Right. Um, so some phenomenal, there's just so much opportunity out there for great trails, a great ride center. Uh, there's a little far out of town, you know, it's only, it's 18 miles out. That's not insurmountable. And then uh, for Norway, the long-term vision for that is if mother nature ever cooperates is having a Nordic ski center out there with a warm, you know, a yurt or a warming building that we could have gear out there. We could have a kids program out there. And we've even kicked around the idea of talking to the ACC and, and the um, linesman's class, of course, that they run out there and maybe stringing up some lights on the short loop. So we'd have a nighttime lit cross country ski loop out there. So that, that's kind of all in the, in, and I do have a, a long-term plan in writing for both of those things. So um, that's the vision um, but, you know, growing Thunder Bay Trails, growing the membership, um, I want to do a patronicity fundraiser uh, for the next phase of mountain bike trail out of Chippewa. It really, to do a premium thing like that, you got to start with about $100,000 Right. So it, it goes quick when you got a trail builder in there with machinery and, and building quality trail. But that stuff is sustainable and it'll last many generations to come once we, we plan it. And it will just be one more feather in a cap for Alpena to drawing people here. I know that there's a, when I slowly phased out of running, I ended on trail running. And then some of these trails are great to run on. You know, I enjoy yeah. it. That's where I spend most of my time in Norwood. Woods. You know, it's five minutes from my house and I could run a, run the quick loop and then I'd be done with it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you see a lot of trail runners out at Norway. Yeah. So, and that, you know, we've added a lot of single track out there. Um, and the idea was that we wanted to separate the mountain bikers from the rest of the trail users. So we don't have any interactions with fast moving bicycles and, and people that are hiking. Yeah. So that's kind of a long-term vision out there and grooming for fat biking out there too. Um, having enough room, there's plenty of room out there to have a ski trail, a fat bike trail, a hiking snowshoeing trail and, and making it so that everyone can enjoy it yet maybe not have so many interactions with each other because they don't always mix well. I do know that once you get the ski trail groomed, you like to keep it that way. Yeah. And the front loop is the toughest because people want to walk it and it just beats the heck out of the grooming for the, for the skiing. So that's always a battle is, is educating people to not walk on the ski tracks. Yeah. And uh, you know, the skiers, they only get a few weeks a year to really enjoy You know, they might get six weeks if they're lucky of good skiing. So we like to keep it pristine for them, but uh, you know the fat biking can can ride right alongside the ski tracks, and it, they will be okay. So there's enough room for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I figure that covers quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll move to our top five next. Oh yeah, I wrote down my list. It's awesome. Um, I guess we'll just have Brad take it away in the next segment. So. <clears throat> or do you want to segue right into it? All right, let's do it. All right. This week's top five is the top five places we would want to visit before we die. So it's Tommy's suggestion, and I kind of like it. All right. And my number five is New York City. I know it's pretty easy to do, but... You should talk to my father, then. My father grew up in Brooklyn, 
He's 90 years old. And he always loves talking about New York City. Greatest city in the world. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to New York for some reason. Yeah. It's probably the easiest one I can make happen on my list. Bring a lot of money. You 100% agree on that. Um, we've gone to New York City twice, and we're always planning our thrice time because we just love it there. And um, I think I told you that my daughter wanted to go there. Yeah. And she, I mean, she was trying to do it on like 50 bucks, which absolutely just... I mean, you like the first thing you said was make sure you bring money in. Yeah. She told me, I was like, well, I think we could do it. We got to figure out that we could do it at 50 bucks each. And I was just like, oh my God, I know what you're trying to do here. And I just pictured mm. like, you know, what it was. So, um, but yeah, you're <clears throat> solid pick. Um, my number five. So, my number five is going to sound cheesy, but um, I really, at some point, I've never been this way, but just of recently, I don't know whether it was just because of what's been going on that this is us, but I, I've decided I really wouldn't mind going to Seoul, South Korea. Ooh. And just kind of walking around and having everybody make fun of me because I'm Americanized and just like maybe even visit the orphanage I was at and just kind of going through that whole experience. And I've even thought, I mean, I've even gone far enough to think about like, Taking a little GoPro and documenting the whole thing. That would be cool. Man. And just kind of, you know, I mean, um, there's a lot of unknowns. You know, every time I go to the doctor, they always, hey, you got any family history? And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go looking for my mom or dad. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. But, you know, just a little bit of a window to this part of me would be kind of cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, my number five is I want to ride my bike around the British Isles. I put down Ireland, but really I want to do Ireland, Scotland, Great Britain, and just take a road bike over there in two weeks and just ride my brains out. It's I've never been there. It's kind of the home country from you know, my, where my parents came from. Always wanted to see it. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. And it's I guess it's pretty cycling friendly in some of the, you know, not in London or anything like that, but in the outer skirts, uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. That was the other thing. So we can segue since you brought up. Um, what do you think we're going to do in our area to make it more bike friendly? Oh, boy. You know. I know you champion this. That's why. Yeah. I, and I think there's one of my favorite things I've seen you do was when we we just enacted a new law. In the yes, area. the three-foot law. That's, that's one giant step. And uh, I was just uh, uh, having an email back and forth conversation with Larry Clark on that South Corridor, and he, he's running up against issues because he wants to do a bike path from town uh, through Michikiwas, you know, down Michigan Avenue behind where the old Kmart was, pop out on Bear Point, through Bear Point into Partridge Point and, and out around in the new park that there's going to be, I guess they're going to call it Peter Patelia Park, yeah, um, right there at the 45th parallel. So um, he's running into some roadblocks with the township um not wanting to promote dual use on some of the roads uh, like Michigan Avenue that runs parallel to 23 behind Neiman's there. So I personally find that just that makes me want to go to a township meeting. Yeah. That's where I live. Yeah. yeah. So I can't even figure why they would even want to do that. First well, of all, they don't care about that road back there. No. As a person that lives back yeah, there, there's not that much traffic. There's not that much traffic. The roads are never taken care of. Yeah. They constantly drop gravel there because they never want to pave the thing. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, 
my neighbors and I, we all talk about this all the time. The yeah. township does not care about that area yeah. whatsoever. So for them to act like they do, <clears throat> Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, we had a conversation about that and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to poke a few hornets nests on that and see if we can get some movement around there. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mike Myers looking at Kanye West in that moment. It's one of my favorite things ever. Kanye, Kanye just says it. Mike Myers is like, what in the world just happened? I don't want to be a part of this interview anymore. <laughs> All right. Oh. Sorry. Good. Uh, that was a quite the tangent there. Yeah. Uh, Ireland. Yeah, good choice. I agree with that one. Oh, the Guinness Brewery. Oh yeah. Ireland. Yeah, because when you're done riding the bike, you got to go drink beer. Oh yeah. yeah. Ireland would have been on my honorable mentions. Um, I've seen so many friends go there, and they all just do the same thing. It's just amazing. It's yeah. just, and you apparently, the, my friends that have gone there, they've done it fairly cheap. Yeah. Really plane, plane tickets. You go through Iceland, and you're in, and it's the plane tickets are not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my number four kind of goes with Iceland. It would be either Iceland or any of the Norwegian area oh, to yeah. go hang out and just watch the Northern Lights. Oh yeah. Like for here, I mean, and I know where we are. We're on the 45th parallel, so yeah. I understand it's very much like a double Dutch. And you have to time it just right. And even if it's time, even if you go and we have the the show, it can't be cloudy. It can't be raining. And for all that to line up, I think, I, you know, it's just tough. But you go to some of these places, you can just sit there with a bag of popcorn. And it's just, yeah, it's a show. Yeah. Did you know that the uh, poles are moving? I did not know. Uh, I just saw a YouTube video and they're moving drastically. I mean, it's like heading towards Russia. <laughs> yeah, it, Google that. Uh, pole, and it's like a 10-minute video, and they're showing you. South and North Poles are moving towards each other. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, good choice. Hey, well, when you get to Norway, Norway, you can get, like, doing these uh, glass igloos. Yeah. And you just lay in that thing all night long and watch the lights. It'd just be amazing. Yeah. I, I could totally do that. <laughs> so my number four is a toss-up because I got four other ones, and I'm not sure which one I want to do first. Um. So when I promised my son that our big trip that we're going to take one someday soon is Machu Picchu. Nice. And backpack Machu Picchu. Yeah. I really want to do that. I think our guy next week, Preston, has been in Machu Picchu. That's one of the things we're going to talk about is Preston, for as young as he is, um, has been blessed with traveling all over the world. And he has some really neat stories and um, <clears throat> especially for someone young. And it's really given him a neat perspective of, not only what it's like being an American, and he has a great appreciation for it, but um, other people's views of what Americans are. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, he's got some neat. Are we supposed to record that on Saturday? Possibly, yes. I don't know how it's going to be yeah. fun. <laughs> All right. Number three is Japan. I couldn't really pick any country from Asia because I actually have a food tour of Asia on here. So mm. I think Japan might be. Go get some uh, deep fried uh, scorpions on a stick. Yeah, I might have to try it. I've heard that of all the Asian countries to visit, Japan, Tokyo is the one where Americans feel the most comfortable in. Yeah, where you're not squatting yeah. and wiping your and you're having to carry toilet paper with you. <laughs> and, uh-huh. Because those are that's a real that's a real thing. Most know, like, of the world is, yeah. does that. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're the exception. Yeah, not we're the, the exception with toilets everywhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I like it. It's a solid pick. 
Um, number three for me is probably the one that I'll never do, just because of the cost involved in it. And it'd be the Bora Bora and the French Polynesia. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see those pictures of those, that clear water and those huts. And <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It and doesn't then, look real. It, it, yeah. It's so perfect looking. Yeah, and it's like a island with a volcano with it's not active but there's a mountain and yeah it's just the whole thing is just rid- ridiculous but the plane ticket itself is ridiculous so like <laughs> yeah and you can't even it's like you go to hawaii and then you got a puddle jump and it's just it's a you you'd be better off making your own dugout canoe and just paddling there <laughs> yeah i mean seriously it's <laughs> and it's just so expensive but it would be awesome yeah. uh-huh. all right so my next one uh the waterfalls of the Havasupi, or Havasupai, depending on how you pronounce that. Is that in? So that is the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Yes, I've seen that. Just outside of Flagstaff, you go to the Havasupi Indian Reservation. Yeah, you have to go through a reservation. You have to go through. You have to get a permit, and you have to do it well in advance, and you have to backpack in. And it's like a six to eight mile hike to get back there. But if you Google it, I mean, the photos are amazing. That. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How far in advance do you have to apply for that? I heard like six months. Okay. And because you can only go there certain times a year. Yeah. Um, because of, uh, well, in the summer, it's way too blasted hot. And in the winter, it's way too cold. But and then you have like monsoons and flash floods and all that stuff. So it's only open to, to go back in there certain times a year. But yeah, that, that's Have you seen that? No. It's crazy. It doesn't even look like it's in the United States. Right. You would think it's. I don't even know where you Africa or Australia. Or Africa, yeah. yeah but, and it's weird. I watched one of those videos where they talk about you have to go through this. So I don't know if it's sacred, but you have to go through this Indian village. It's the only way you get through there. And he's right. You have to apply to get through there. And it's a, a trek. And then the only way you get there is through foot. It's and like going to Shangri La or something. Yeah. You know? And when you get there, though, it's like just clear water and it's this huge waterfall. And, there's all these like uh, cascading pools as the waterfalls, the water makes its way into the canyon. You, I'll tell you what, with this um, pod this week, I'll try to post a video or a link to this. Cause yeah. There's YouTube places of videos of people that visit yeah. it. That's one of my bucket list for 10 years. I, I've yet to do it, though. Okay. Nice. Solid. Great pick. Oh, number two is someplace I've been before, but I need to go back before I die. It's Germany. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So kind of what I did with yes. Korea. Yeah. I, mean, I was born in Germany and I lived there for three years, a little bit after. Where in Germany? Um, I, I was born in Landstuhl. My dad was in the army. And so we, second time we were there, we lived in Wielflicken. It was quite close to Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Wielflicken sounds like they would have good beer. Uh, I don't, it wasn't that big of a place. <clears throat> Because it was just a military base. And oh, okay. The main thing I've heard about Germans and their beer is they keep it really close to room temperature. Right. It's not very cold like we do here. Yeah, that's okay. I'll drink it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that finicky. Maybe we need to do a Kickstarter page and we could do a, a trip to Germany and Korea. Like just a one, two-week trip, one week in each place. Yeah. It's like coming-of-age thing. The picture I'm being was a picture from Germany. It was a castle in the mountains. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Um, I know you know this, but um, Allison's mom worked in Germany, so Allison's been to Germany a handful of times, and uh, I'm jealous because she's always had good neat stories. And for her, it's not saying it's not a big deal, but 
her going to Europe is kind of yeah, yeah, so that. Mm -hmm. so, um, all right, we're getting the nitty gritty. So we're down to final two. Man, they're really close. Okay, I'm going to do it. Italy. So number two is Italy. So, um, and I like to start south, work my way north to France. You want to do all of Italy? Yeah. Nice. I don't want to just go to Rome. Yeah. Because while well, Rome's amazing, and that's yeah. ideally, if I if I had to pick one place, I would you, choose you that. Spend a whole week in Rome, yeah. not see everything. Yeah, but I mean, just whether it's Venice, and then you get up north toward the mountains, and it just becomes a whole different yeah vibe. Yeah. So I think it's yeah, it's a good thing the chambers has my trip to Well, to say I haven't looked into it would be a lie. So, so uh, my uh, next one would be. And you're going to have to Google this one when you get home, too. It's the Bosnian Valley of Pyramids. So in Croatia, Croatia, Bosnia, um, there are actually pyramids bigger than the pyramids in Egypt. You don't hear about it because there's a lot of, it, it's a newfound archaeological discovery, and there's a lot of the and people in the archaeological world are battling over whether or not there really are pyramids because they're all buried and uh, they're all grown over with, you know, green stuff because it's not a desert. So, but you look at the aerial photographs, you're like, oh my God, that's a pyramid covered in trees. I mean, they're perfect. And there's this whole valley where there's several pyramids there. And uh, the, there's a whole video series on it too, if you, you know, Google it on YouTube or something like that. But um, they're they're fighting just to get rights to dig these things up and find out what they're, what, what they're all about. So I always, big super fascinated with geology and architecture and archaeology. So that's a big one on my list. When I saw that a number of years ago, Indiana I go Jones see that. There. Indiana Jones, <laughs> totally Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Or for you kids, it would be uh Lara Croft and Tomb Raider for you updated. Yeah. For us, it's, and for you, it's both. Yeah. It's more Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. I always like to think you're younger, but you're actually closer than the, the Tomb Raiders. Kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number one, Butterbear, what do you got? Number one is any place in Africa with a good safari. Hmm. It is my number one dream to do, but gotta have a lot of money for it. Or go on the Ellen show. I could write a letter to Ellen and say, my best friend. I know, you know, that, my, you're going to have a hard time. Really, my thoughts good. would improve if this yeah. was a half. Well, maybe that, that would be something. I don't know if you know this, but Brad doesn't like Ellen DeGeneres. So, but if Ellen would totally put you on a safari. Sure She's got her own, like... She portion. seems like a very sweet person. Yeah. She she is, but... That little girl. The thing is, I haven't seen that commercial in a long time. Ever since you said something, it's like, oh, no way. I, Allison, I just saw it the other day, and she was like, is that the camera? I was like, yeah, that's the commercial that Brad doesn't like. But I go, it used to be on a lot more than it was. Our right, number one for me is probably the most doable out of everything on here. And I would like just to start in Southern California and then at Seattle mm. and take two weeks and just mm. go up that coast. Yeah. And because, again, just like that Italy trip, I mean, you'll be in L.A., one of the largest cities in the world, and then you go to San Francisco, and then all of a sudden you're in Forest. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you're in Oregon, which is gorgeous. Yeah. And then to finish up in Seattle, it just would be just breathtaking. Well, I know the whole thing would just be amazing. You've seen all these different cities. Awesome road trip. 
culture yeah. and on top of which geography. Get and, yourself a little Volkswagen van. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it would just be. <clears throat> and the only problem with it is, is that it would drive Allison crazy because my wife can't stand more than five hours in the car. Oh, they stop a lot. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I wish you would because every, I'm sure when you do that, every two hours you just be like, oh, look at that. We got yeah, you got to stop and look at this. Yeah. Stop and look at that. Yeah. It'll take you a long time. I was thinking about something like that for my number one. It was a tough one. Uh, that that salsa bicycle right next to you there, if you look on the down tube, it's got a map of the Tour Divide on it, which starts in uh, uh, Banff. And then it goes all the way down to the border in uh, city. I can't read it. Anyway, it goes all the way down the Mexican border. But that bike was made to do the Tour Divide. So I was thinking, oh, that'd be good. But... Um, a long, uh, quite a while ago, when I was really into ice climbing and mountaineering and living out in Colorado, I lived out there for about a year when that year I said F it. Um, I got into mountaineering quite a bit and I'd actually planned the trip. Um, hadn't bought the tickets yet, but had everything all set up when five of us were going to go to um, South Argentina and climb Aconcagua, which is one of the seven summits. It's the biggest summit in South America. Mount Aconcagua, I think it's 23,900 feet tall. And uh, so that's still on my list of things I want to do. And as far as all the seven summits, um, other than the one in Africa, which is, um, what's the one in Africa now? I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's one of the lesser technical climbs, unlike Denali or Everest, where it's a ton of money and you could die. Mm -hmm. It's super technical and one thing goes wrong and, and, it's like Kilimanjaro. And, yeah, yeah, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And Kilimanjaro is basically just a long hike up yeah. a hill. Um, there's nothing technical. You don't need any special gear. Um, you can pretty much, it's, I guess, the bushwhacking through the jungle for three weeks is the hardest part. And then the climb is, you know, altitude is the only challenge there. But Aconcagua, it's, you know, it's still somewhat technical. And you have to do the whole base camp kind of thing where you acclimate and you go back down and you get food. It takes two weeks because you have to acclimate at every, every section and you get to haul all your own stuff up to eat and your shelter and everything. So that would be, and it's actually the, probably the cheapest ones too of the, the major seven summits. So I figured I could do it for $5,000. Have you ever hung out with Eric Peterson from Fresh Palette? Not, not a lot. I mean, you two would have, <laughs> I mean, if you go listen to Eric's episode, and you listen, to, you, you guys have a lot of parallels together. You guys yeah. would be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. We could do an episode of story time. I mean, yeah. Eric's Eric's crazy. Like his stories, the whole time I kept having a hard time focusing through that whole pod because of, I mean, it was just like, what in the world is going on here this whole time? But uh, yeah, you I'd guys, have a green mohawk too if I had hair. But yeah, I mean, he is I'm follically challenged. <laughs> you guys. Or spirit animals, that's for certain. Yeah, I mean, I, I see him all the time. We say hi to each other, but I've never really hung out with him. Yeah, he, uh, he's just like you. I mean, you guys are a lot more similar than you probably do. Anyways. Yeah, we're too busy working. Yeah. Well, that brings out our top five. Yes. Yeah. We got to get you to New York City. That's very doable. Oh, I know it is. <clears throat> that's, yeah. so, that's so doable. That's like a, a three-day weekend doable, hey. like, with, yeah. Yeah. Play. Have you been in Washington, D.C.? No. DC is pretty Maybe cool next too. Year. Yeah. That was my plan. My plan is to take a vacation each year. Like the, the museums in DC, so cool. Yeah. 
In DC, you just want to trek in. You can stay outside relatively and expensively, yeah. train in each day, and then you're not. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was my plan. I was like, at DC next year. I like it. Like 19 or 20? 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you no. All right. Well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll close it out. All right. Well, Tommy, thanks for having us here. Thanks for coming. We appreciate always, it. And uh, always like hanging out in the shop after hours. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And we like the couch. You have set the new standard now. Yeah. And I don't know if we was going to be able to really top it. I don't know. I know. Definitely not my kitchen chair. Yeah. Nobody this year is going to be able to top it. No. We have the list of what runs the year out. And <clears throat> nothing like that. I guess we could move to your living room, but then we'd have to. Re- Change the whole name of the whole podcast. Yeah. Well, haven't exactly been in the kitchen the past two episodes. That's true. Um, but you got to keep the name, though. Yeah. Even not in the kitchen. Uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Uh, I got a birthday party for my niece and nephew. My brother and sister-in-law are coming home, so I'm sure we'll go to Austin Brothers. And make our pilgrimage, and then hit the quarter machine at JJ's. We are creatures of habit in that way. I know we are. Um... Oh, also, you had a, sorry to pivot, but it was something else I want to talk to. You had a bike race this last weekend. I did. Iceman. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, Point-to-point race, and it's the biggest race of the year in all of mountain biking in in North America. 5,000 participants every year do this race from Kalkaska to Traverse City, 30 miles. Um, They bring in pros. Floyd Landis was there this year. Um, he, He actually, I think he rode in the race, but you get all the... Big hitters in mountain biking world come out there, and then you know, four thousand five, eight, nine hundred amateurs, and they set you off in waves. So there's fifty waves of eighty to hundred people. And I was in wave ten this year, so I didn't kill it, but I did okay. It was fun. Rode my fat bike. I figured, yeah, why not? It's fall, right? I rode my fat bike. Yeah, I'm not going to win, so <laughs> might as well just have fun. Yeah, I I don't know if people knew how. Big of an event that was, and that it's only two hours away. Yeah. So I just thought it, it was worth mentioning. And it ends at Timber Ridge Resort in Traverse City, which is you know RV campground resort where the Vasa Trailhead is and all that. And uh, I've been in Timber Ridge a dozen times, and when you come in through the finish line and you get off your bike, you have no idea where you are because it's just a sea of people. <laughs> and they they zigzag you through the whole campground on the race course, and so when you pop out at the end, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> But yeah, it's a ton of fun, and it's uh, you know they call it the Iceman, and so far I've done it three years now, and it's been relatively nice weather. So I've heard of horror stories about you know blizzard and snow I and ice, and yes. yeah, it's so nasty. It take it takes you five hours to complete the race, and you're pushing your bike through a foot of snow, and yeah, it's been pretty nice. Um, what do you got going on this weekend? Um, not much this weekend, but tomorrow, right after I vote. I'm jumping in the truck, going to Grand Rapids for the Michigan Mountain Bike Association uh, Summit, and it's going to be all good things. Um, the the Vermont Trails people, uh, the I guess the Kingsman Trails. It's a big trail system in Vermont. They're coming to give a presentation because they've got it down uh, how to do how to do mountain bike trail ride centers and uh, Trail Forks app is coming there. So it'll be a bunch of presenta- presenters 
and then a really cool mountain bike ride at the end of it. So that's what I'm doing the next three days. Nice. So, I am. Uh, so if you want a really good deal, I think Vince is minding the shop and he's giving away stuff. Not really sure. <laughs> but yeah. That's what we joke about that when <clears throat> Bruce goes away. That everything's on sale. Come yeah. back hard. Now's your chance. Do you want, yeah. you want that absurd trading value? Now's the time to yeah. go. The boss is away. <laughs> the boss is away. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything going on this week. I'm going to work and then we're going to hang out because we got your family's birthday party. Cause, and then the weekend after that, we have the Michigan game. Yeah. And then I got to go to the two days after that, I got to go to Detroit for training for Chevy. So well, that red, white, and blue bike right next to you there is going to get some miles on it this weekend. That's probably the biggest thing. Nice. Take, I just got that and I, I'm itching to ride it more. It's a pretty cool bike. It looks, it's a salsa cutthroat. So it's kind of a mix between a road bike and a mountain bike. I see that. So it's built for gravel racing, fire roads, logging roads, that kind of thing. It'll be fun. So I'll ride around uh, the two tracks of Norway and uh, not Norway, but Indian Reserve and Devil's Lake and all that. Awesome. Well, I like to thank you for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah. And then also thank you for championing the outdoors for our community all around the state and in our area. Well, I'm glad I can do it. You know, I, I had an opportunity to do something that I'm passionate about. It's uh, that opportunity doesn't always come along. Yeah. So. 100%. All right. Next week we have, which might, <laughs> it'll be interesting how it works out, but we're going to press it down to Kuski. Uh, he used to be on WBKB TV news and mm -hmm. then he went back to school and now he's learning to become a teacher. Uh, he's at Grand Valley. He's going to be home for the weekend. So we're somehow going to work with him in here. I don't know exactly when. Maybe Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. No, it's on the first Party's time. at 1, so maybe in the evening. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe we can do it at Austin. It's going to be loud. Yeah, it's hard to do podcasts in Austin, brothers. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So we got Preston coming on next week. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See you.